0: Okay, we're gonna try a little something different. We've got a um, beautiful night in uh, Ocala, Florida. Some people call it Ocala, we'll call it Ocala. <laughs> Sitting on the uh, outside in, in Starbucks, just looking at the uh, vehicles go by. I don't know really how the quality is gonna be, but we'll see how it turns out. Nah, no, we'll see. Anyways, one of the things I thought we would chat a little bit about is uh, We Company. And uh, before we get into all of this, we'll drop our disclaimer in and then we'll be right back.
1: Connecting Dots is a production of Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. All rights reserved. Rebroadcast or distribution prohibited without expressed written authorization. Connecting Dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This broadcast does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Always read and all applicable information carefully before making an investment decision. Investments are not bank guaranteed, not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed.
0: So anyways, uh, we have talked a lot about WeWork from a variety of different perspectives and they're saying that it's going to have a value of somewhere around $47 billion and SoftBank put money into it and they're looking to do an IPO Um, any thoughts? Uh,
2: they're losing a lot of money more so than any other company that's going to go public I think their net losses increase Mm -hmm. so that's concerning because every other company that is thought about going public recently. Uber through Lyft and all the others, they're at least attempting to tighten their belts. These guys are not concerned with that apparently. Kinda gives me a little bit of a concern, a la nineteen ninety nine regarding IPOs and tech stuff, if they think that they can just not even try to attempt
0: profitability well the the problem I have is that all the IPOs now seem to be for companies that I don't mean all but an overwhelming majority of them they're not profitable yeah and it's just a way you know okay so we we started a company we got several rounds of funding rah 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 I need to get my money out so we tell the public how great it is we get these loyal fans and we pay the media we're paying journalists to not write bad things, which Apple did for years and years. They had their, their fanboy base, which is co- collapsing on them. But we we work now called We Company. I think that's just the dumbest thing in the world. Uh, in fact, even in the article, they they call them We Work because everybody knows it by We Work. It's like you know, McDonald's is McDonald's. You know, you don't. Yeah, I don't know why they
2: changed the name of the company when it was such a ubiquitous brand, but whatever.
0: Well, but how many times, I've been to a lot of network after work events, and I talk about WeWork all the time with people. And when I bring up co-working or office sharing, people know what it is. And when I say WeWork, about half the people, because we don't have one in Tampa, know what it is. The other half are kind of like, what's that, what's co-working? Oh, yeah, okay. That's like, you know, they'll say Regis or they'll say yeah. the industrial or industrious. They, every city has some entrepreneur who has created a couple of these things. It's it There's there's not a big moat in this thing. But here's the thing. It's nine years old. They reported a loss last year of $1.9 billion. That's not the problem. And the I problem that's is the revenue was only
2: $1.8 Well, but the losses are accelerating as well. Yeah. And the problem I have with WeWork is twofold. One, you said they don't have a big moat. That's true. Um, from a lot of the stuff I've read, people, WeWork is 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 not really for individual workers. That's the lie. That's yep. That's the nice, shiny advertising facade for the company. Is that it's a bunch of uh, freelancers and small business owners that are like one-man or two-man shops in there. And that's not the case. Basically, WeWork is a a company that you outsource the management of your office operations to as a small, medium, or large business. Um, For example, when... I, I can't remember the name of a company. Let's just take an example like Tesla or somebody. If they open up a special engineering lab and they need an office in Atlanta for some reason, there's WeWork's all over Atlanta, they'll say, okay, get us a floor, outfit it like a WeWork, get it set up, and then they'll take occupancy as the sole occupant of the building, pay a premium for it, but they don't have to manage any of the BS around, you know, employee access cards, and b- building maintenance, stocking stuff. They don't have to have an office manager and cleaning crews and, and yearly maintenance and furniture maintenance and all that stuff that goes into running an office. They can just pay WeWork and they handle it.
0: Well, the thing I've said for years, and you and, and you know I've said this forever, When this whole idea of what was that movie where the guy was at the um, coffee shop and they wound up breaking into it? Uh, Remember the name of that thing? Coffee Town. Coffee Town. Remember seeing Coffee Town? I thought to myself, "Gosh, that's what? How many years is that movie? Maybe ten? Yeah, it's a few, a few. And that's about the time when Office Depot and Office Max and Staples were all kind of just stumbling. You had um, Best Buy was stumbling you had of course before that you had Circus City stumbling and I've always thought especially with Office Depot because it's got such a cool name they completely yeah they could do the same thing. they could have done the same thing they all of these companies have screwed up I would have made a strategic partnership with Starbucks if I didn't want to run the, co- ca- uh, the coffee shop I would yeah. have put in a coffee shop I would have had Individual offices, all the of course, different things, like yeah. they clean house. But, but that's not where the business is. The business for
2: them is going into places where you can get big corporate. Deals, where we work. Yeah. Yes. And bring in the big bucks, and it's less people to handle and all that. Um, the second thing I, I was going to mention is they they don't have a big moat, and one of the reasons they don't have a big moat is one anybody can go rent some space and do a co-working space of course.
0: And attorneys have been doing that for years. I mean,
2: yeah. But that's not the biggest problem in my opinion. The biggest problem is they don't own anything. Yep. All they own is a bunch of expensive leases. And if you own a bunch of expensive leases, you have a lot of debt on the books, a lot of obligations on the books, but you don't have anything, you don't, you know, there's no there's no collateral there. So, you know, they have revenue of 1.8 billion. That sounds good. That's I mean, for a 9-year-old company, that's really good. But for losses of 1.9 billion dollars on top of that, that doesn't mean that that, that means you're nowhere close to being profitable. Nope. So, and not only that, if a company goes belly up, um, there's no assets there to have other than like what? Venture money that the market's going to I mean all this is is these companies going public are increasingly the last round of funding that creates a liquidity event for venture capital. Yep. And as your you know the numbers I've seen institutional investors are not biting like everybody thought they would. They're street investors. So who's going to be caught holding the bag when all of these unprofitable never profitable companies never become profitable and go belly up?
0: sounds like sounds like people who invested in zoom z-o-o-m the symbol thinking they were investing in the company Uh, going ipo zoom yeah that's traded under a different symbol yeah
2: it's a 60 cent stock or less that you know legitimate penny stock that ended up trading at i think five dollars or somewhere thereabouts for at least at its peak until people realized oh zoom is yeah that's not the company we're looking for it's uh the one we're looking for is ZM.
0: Whoops. It's like, come on, people. You can't even do research on the ticker that you're going to purchase. Wall Street Journal says the public markets would mark, make, uh, mark a huge test for WeWork, which has long attracted scrutiny from landlords, analysts, and many tech investors for its lofty valuation assigned by private investors. OK, so yeah. the private investors say it's worth this. That's the thing. Especially when compared with real estate companies and similar businesses. Now it has one other thing, WeWork, and they, they don't refer it to We Company, they continue to refer it to WeWork, is primarily focused, this is the first time I've actually had anybody write this, I've seen legitimately, um, where they called it, uh, where am I at here, let me see where I lost it, We uh, WeWork is primarily focused on real estate renting long-term space, okay, renovating it, then dividing offices and subleasing them on a short-term basis to other companies, um, the chief executive said that the uh, investors should treat WeWork more like a tech company, pointing to its rapid growth and various services it eventually hopes to offer that cater to its tenants. And of course, it acquired Meetup.
2: Yeah, but what does that even mean? It's like a tech company. Every company is a tech company. Or mm-hmm. You're out of business. Um, you know, Bob's muffler shop cannot operate without a computer. Bob's muffler shop will no longer exist in 15 years as everything consolidates and people optimize stuff with the use of central warehouses, inventory systems, employee management, order management, and tracking systems. The, the, the whole world is being consumed by optimization technology. This is a Captain Obvious. This is a business leasing company that didn't have enough capital to purchase and build their own buildings. So they create they did subleases. Yep, They're totally screwed because they obviously...
0: Well, they're going to start losing my, those leases. Well, <laughs> in
2: my opinion, the, the fact that they did not start building anything yet or buy anything yet is a huge indicator as to um, the time horizon of the people involved. Because if you're legitimately building a company that is going to suck up business, office space leases, that's a multi-generation business. Yep. I mean, if I'm GE and I want to put a satellite office in, you know, the new tech haven in a corner of New York, like could have been by Amazon if they went in there. That would have been a great thing. I would pay, have a have a long-term lease with WeWork for 20 years, for a satellite R&D office that you siphon the best employees off of Amazon. Stuff like that happens all the time. Do you want to constantly have to move office space because? these little short-term dinkies, they don't they don't keep they can't keep the rent. Can you know what I mean? It's I mean, I get that they're getting long-term leases, but where is the initiative? I don't I don't see any any equity building going on.
0: Well, that's like the movie the the founder. Cuz you know, every, with Michael Keaton when he's when he's in his office and he has that fella comes by, he's in trying to get a loan from the bank and uh I set the scene up. If you haven't seen The Founders on Netflix, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, and he gets McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers, and and it, it goes to that whole history. Yeah. So, he's his deal with McDonald's brothers is too rich. He can't make any money. He's actually losing money, and they don't want to do anything. They're sticking sticks in the mud. So what happens is he's in the bank. This guy over here is I don't remember who the actor who played the role, approaches him on the sidewalk, introduces himself. Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc. He plays that he's a little PO'd that the guy overhears conversation. He said, if you're not making money, you know, something's seriously wrong. I go to your place, and the guy can walk Keegan three or four times a week. It's phenomenal, blah, blah, blah. He brings him back, tells his secretary, get the books. The guy looks at the books. He looks everything over, and then he says, I, I love this scene. I just love this scene. He says, the problem, Mr. Croc, is you don't know what business you're in. He goes, what do you mean? He says, we're in the restaurant business. Michael Keaton does a good job. He plays himself. It's always the same role. What do you mean? We're in the restaurant business. He goes, no. You're not in the restaurant business, you're in the real estate business. And then he explains, and I'm not going to get into the detail, how he explains it. And sure enough, McDonald's is in the real estate. It's one of the biggest real estate conglomerates there is, and how they structure their deals with their franchisees. Every major corporation is the same way. Microsoft,
2: for years and years and years, basically after the plunge, the stock price plunge after the tech bubble, until. They regained their market position, what, in like 2008, or it wouldn't be 8, uh, I think it was after the recession, and it took that long for them to recover from the tech bubble. Throughout that entire period when Ballmer was running the show, Microsoft's number one revenue stream, from what I recall, was real estate, yep. because if you go to any major city, Tampa, Atlanta, uh, baton rouge anywhere there's a microsoft tower somewhere and they own it yeah and they own all of those they may and they may have a satellite office or a sales office or something like that But there. they got
0: their name on it but it they just
2: lease it out so you know bill gates of course is you know a very very smart person everybody today is giving credit to the new ceo uh, nadella for the great progress and he does deserve a lot of credit for cloud initiatives and all that stuff. But the one thing nobody ever talks about is the byline that I read in one article right after Nadella came back. Everybody just kind of shoves it under the rug. Is that Bill Gates came back with Nadella. And he spends about three days a week, three of his seven days a week, doing things related to Microsoft now. He is an involved chairman of the board. That is... During the entire time Balmer was there, he was AWOL. He just did his own things. He set up his foundation. He did these things. Obviously, he was involved, but he's not involved on a weekly basis.
0: Well, he thought his and friend could handle it. He couldn't.
2: Well, no, B- Balmer did a good job. Though. Yeah, Balmer did a good job. I mean, but he's Balmer. He he's didn't. He didn't blow the company up. So you know, the only thing is, Balmer took the cutthroat. We're never going to work with anybody else. Fu mentality that Bill Gates and Balmer both forged at Microsoft and he ran it beyond its usefulness right um, Nadella has basically opened everything up for open source not not their core property but opened the company up to you know working with open source they're working on open source properties they bought github
0: they're doing Microsoft Azure stuff I always have to remember that every time I see github I I, I can't get my head wrapped around that Microsoft owns it it's like it's like Skype I just for some reason Microsoft owns it I just have to yeah um, no wonder it doesn't work. <laughs> Although it's come back. I mean,
3: I mean Skype. Skype, Skype is Skype. It's yeah, just, Skype.
0: Skype. Whatever.
2: But uh, the you know there, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. They, they've done a good job. I mean, like they've the, probably one of the biggest catalysts for Microsoft has been their signals by doing things like opening up their .NET framework runtime support for Linux. That's been a huge thing because they're basically saying. We're not married to every piece of software you write for a Microsoft language or related framework to running on a Windows server, which has been an impediment for years for big companies. Well, how many we have all people this legacy software deploy. I mean, you can't deploy on uh, you can't deploy on regular server, uh, you know, Linux hardware or whatever. You have to deploy it on special Microsoft stuff. You got a whole host of complexities that are involved with that. Um, in a world where everything runs on uh, Linux or a Unix variant, um, it's fascinating. But but yeah, I mean Microsoft's responsible for probably the largest block of, of software engineers in the country, related to .NET or uh, Sh- uh, SharePoint and all of those related stuff. And they're migrating all that, all their products to the clouds. So, anyways, it's it's a it's an interesting story that there's a lot there, but. But, you know, going back to what we were saying, I mean, fundamentally, for years and years and years, they were a, a real estate company. And it, lots and lots of other major businesses are exactly the same thing. Um, you know, uh, Walmart, uh, not Walmart, Walmart's, of course, one. They own almost all of their property. Well, Sears as
0: well. People don't remember that. Yeah, Sears I mean,
2: owned. Sears was. And then they screwed yeah. up when they started selling everything and going into the malls. And they got caught flat-footed as traffic went down at malls and they didn't have an out because they didn't own it um, or if they did own it it was attached to all this other stuff that people didn't want to go to um, but McDonald's is one I mean you know it's pr- it's it's a perfect example because nobody thinks of it as that but it is um, but then you have companies like uh, the Darden Group and others who were a real estate company and it's kind of sketchy going forward for them because if they take a misstep they don't have any assets. Yeah, they sold all they the real s- estate
0: off, and that was a big thing years ago. Everybody, oh, do a real estate investment trust, make a lot of money, blah blah blah, lease them back, tax write-offs and everything else. I, I get it, I understand all that. There's always a short-term. Oh, yeah, it's a short-term view because real estate you, you don't make any more land, generally speaking.
2: Well, you have to somehow invest it into a better, more productive asset than the than the real estate that you had. And I would challenge you to do that as a giant business. That. Especially, here's some, especially a restaurant. Like here's Tom. something
0: else that kind of concerns me in the Wall Street Journal. I think he, the, the guy who wrote this or the gal, whatever, it says it is also aided by strong demand from a generation of young workers and large companies seeking hippier hipper. I'm sorry, hipper offices which laud its avant-garde design and offerings like kombucha on tap. Kombucha. Kombucha. Sorry, kombucha. I'm not going to drink that stuff. I had some of it, almost puked. Um, who wrote this I don't let so me see who I wrote anyways I'll find it later on but yeah I mean the, here's
2: a the problem with that it's I, is true but it's also false I mean I, from everything I've seen it's the commentary around WeWork seems to be it's nice if your company's paying for it mm-hmm. but it is insanely expensive if you're if you have to pay for it yep that's and what I found out there is there are typically much more economical and friendlier to the individual offerings um, out there for individual or small groups to get at sole proprietorships or small businesses that are running a coworking space or a group of co-working spaces. Usually they're a lot fairer on price. Um, they're a lot fairer on hours and amenities because a lot of them, probably the majority of, of the spaces I've seen remember looking at one in like Phoenix, I think. It's run by a software company. So they just built way more space than they needed and like half of their building is a co-working space. So it's like, duh, it's a secondary revenue source that they run as like revenue neutral or so. Well, that's And it's a way to keep people around, it's hiring pool. There's like a whole cacophony of, of, of benefits that you can derive out of it. And in worst case scenario, uh, you kick them out and you have more office space. Like, you know, it's all short-term stuff.
0: Well, here's the thing. You know, this is not a new concept. People talk about this. Oh, this is also... Awesome. What name was on most of the big banks? I don't mean... And I don't mean banks. What name was on a lot of the buildings in big downtown all across the country? Those, those banks. Insurance companies. Yeah, yeah. Banks and insurance companies. So the banks owned it. Insurance companies owned it. And they they use what they need and they leased it out. I mean, okay. that's what... This is not a new concept. What's new is small micro offices float in, float out, and then that that's relatively new. That was always a hard thing. Yep. The other thing I think is going to happen, and, you know, if 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 anybody in the, I don't know what you call it, office depot, staples, uh, office supply, if you guys are, if anybody listens to this, you guys are, you still have the opportunity to have a world of hurt on this thing. The other area I've been doing a lot of thinking about is apartment complexes. You got a gig economy. I'm, I don't want to buy. I, I want to rent. If I don't like my neighbors, I can go to another another that, place. And
2: that is that's on its way.
0: I guarantee. You it. start combining office because I've seen some of these places in Tampa. I, I because I've been. This is something I I do. Some of these quasi. Uh, resort apartments, you pay more for them, but you don't need an office. Yep. They, they have the facilities there. I've seen them where they've got recording studios, meeting rooms, everything you need. It's just, holy cow, between going to a Starbucks for being, I mean, the world has completely changed because I can take all of my technology with me. You and I are sitting here. You've got your iPad. I got my iPad. You got your iPhone. I got my iPhone. I'm using my iPhone to record this thing. And, uh people who are interested we've got a road go ahead what 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 is the device we got here because you're better at this, this is a yeah. it's a mobile recording studio basically yeah it's a road whatever their lab system is for
2: phones and uh, three and a half millimeter TRRS jack devices so basically phones um, and then they have a dongle that allows you to plug into two labs into one device for your iPhone and then they have another device for analog input. Anyways,
0: and the dongle is about in terms of thickness, well, it's, the dongle it's, is about the size of of a um, it's, it's of a, the same size as any dongle. A sugar packet and it's about two or three sugar packets thick. I mean it's just it's, it's not it's small. Yeah, it's just
2: a, it's just a dongle. I mean it's the same size as basically any of the dongles you get for right. iPhone or anything these days.
0: So, but the technology inside of the thing. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I'm going to a point if you run through the technology how it's got the amplifier and all the
2: yeah, I mean, in order for uh, the, the audio interface to work, it, it takes two separate inputs, and it has a headphone output, so it has uh, two dedicated uh, analog to digital converters with the preamplifier for the little uh, lav mics, and then it has an analog to di- or a, yeah, digital to analog converter and a little amplifier for the uh, headphone jack. It has the I'm sure clock timing device in there and a little microprocessor to transmit it all and then it's also got the lightning chips because it's got to convert it to apple's crazy protocol and yeah i mean there's a lot of little bits of hardware and silicon in there to make this thing happen
0: and, and i say that because quite literally if we roll back 15 years, what kind of equipment would we have to have to do this? Couldn't do it. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, you need, need a backpack of, of stuff at the very least and a portable power source. and yeah. Microphones. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you had labs back then. You could have done it back then, but you would have needed, you know, some type of mixing board and, you know, a much more sophisticated way to record. It would have required more than a dongle and a phone.
0: Well, that's my point is that, you know, quite literally, because we're going to be taking this out, and we've act, we got another another rig coming in that's going to be wireless and but you want to go and do an interview with somebody this is easy this is just we're we're doing this basically for our connecting dots podcast we're experimenting to see what the ambient sound is and so you know we'll we'll get it all figured out we'll determine if this is whereas you know where to do we want to be outside but again the technology the technology is just the flexibility of being where you want so you think the same thing, you think a lot of these apartment complexes are going to figure out real quickly. Yeah, and I've also, there's a, I can't remember what,
2: there's a podcast I to, I can't remember which one it is. Anyways, a guy talked about how he's buying up um, apartment complexes in up-and-coming areas, and one of the things he's doing is he's buying them, one, because for the obvious reasons that you would want to own a constant income source, but he's also doing it so that he can leverage it going forward if he can get enough of them in enough disparate locations, especially globally, so that he can set up basically a subscription service so that you people want to be mobile. That's really clever. And so if you own a dozen or two dozen apartment complexes, if at any time they're 70% roughly capacity, And the pricing scheme is configured properly. Maybe pricier in some areas, but cheaper in some areas if you work the math out. You know, so it is roughly equivalent. You could, you know, you could go from city to another city on drop of a hat. Just pack your crap and
0: off you go. I have looked at the price per square foot on a monthly basis, renting an apartment. Versus renting an office You rent an apartment all day long cheaper, than oh, long yeah. get out. And I, and you know, and I you and I've talked to people when we were out bumming around
2: Oh, yeah, people do it all the time. Yeah. Well the primary reason is because cities have regulations and um, They have regulations against running businesses out of residential property you know I, I I heard a thing a couple weeks ago like youtubers have this huge problem where If they become popular and they set up shop and whatever, uh, a standard issue they have when they start hiring people is they typically all start out of their house or whatever, and the most economical thing is to go rent another house. Mm -hmm. But most places have regulations and rules against running a business out of a house. So then you're technically skirting the rules or straight up breaking the law and, you know, eventually somebody complains because, oh, there's all these cars parked outside of so-and-so's house. Oh, there's something going on there. They must be running drugs. You know, granny gets angry and they call, you know, code enforcement. They come by and basically give them the riot act and, you know, some cities will do something, others will just complain. It just depends. Um, Anyways... But the, the interesting problem I heard was, so, you know, to be all above board as somebody who runs, like, a video studio, one of the most conducive places for video is a house, not only for cost, but also because it's so, relatable. Yeah, it, it looks, it's a house, it looks like a house, it's easy to furnish. You know, you have all these different spaces, you have bedrooms, and, you know, depending on what, you, what your products are, you have bathrooms, you have kitchens, you have you know, front porches, you have back porches, you have a pool area, like you have all these diverse little zones you can do things in, depending on what you're doing, and it's very relatable, because everybody knows what those spaces feel like, and then of course, you know, sound is usually easier, because carpet, and all that type of stuff, but then when you go and get a professional space, you then have massive rent increase, and all that, But not only that, it's like the person I heard describe it. It's like an order of magnitude more investment in the cost of the space and then the furnishing the space to make it feel like a house again, which is what everybody wants to see. It's like it's the most convoluted thing I've ever heard, but I heard that and I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. I understand that, that because, you know, most office buildings are bare minimum. And if you want to do anything more, well, again,
0: I'm Corolla. I, 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 it's nice, I realize, but I call it his tin shed. He's he's in a, uh, a warehouse area yeah. and just, you know, you got to get away. Yeah, But peop-
2: he has a big operation, and he spent a ton of money to make it very, very nice.
0: Oh, no, I, I yeah. You know, where? But he's not in a big high-rise, and he's not all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But it's an interesting thing to think about, and it's a good example of how, you um, unintended the unintended costs of regulation and how it's stifling the business you know you come to a place like Marion County you're on a video studio of a house I can guarantee you nobody's gonna give two hoots about it But
0: well, we don't have occupational
2: licenses here we don't nobody cares about no, them but yet. nobody but but even then even if you did nobody would care I mean it's just things are a little bit slower and on top of which unless you're harassing other people nobody cares what you do nope but if you were in like I don't know someplace in Connecticut my God, you probably get ten dollars a day. San Antonio, you know, <laughs> all the, you know, everybody's uptight and worried about their property values, and yeah. they lose their minds. So you know, it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about, you know, it kind of parlay[s] into the ownership of property and stuff. It's like, you know, it just kind of depends on how much money you want to invest in some of these things. And I think that parlay[s] back to WeWork. They're not a, they're not sell, they're not making money by selling stuff to consumers. They're selling stuff to businesses. Well, and cro- the fact that they don't have any way to actually make a profit is scary. I sure is. I, I sure wouldn't put them on a recommended list for anything.
0: Across the street we have Ocala uh, Regional Hospital. What's this one called? This is, uh, uh, what's this one, what's this called here? I don't know. Anyways, it's the new hospital. Oh, there's. it's uh, West Marion. Yeah, I'm sorry. West Marion Community Hospital like i should forget that what i get a kick out of over there you got a hospital yeah but you also have all these small doctors offices so you have doctors who are primarily hospitalists but then you have small offices for them to meet hospitals are smart those folks over there have enough room i've never understood why they didn't build out small medical facilities around it but if you look at a lot of hospitals they've realized uh we got the hospital then we have outpatient. And then we have our doctors' offices, and we have treatment centers and rehab centers, and so it's kind of like it winds up becoming a compound. Well, but here's the here's the thing: they own the land, they own the building, and they're multifaceting in their in yeah. their how they make money. But we work can't say they're going. to No, I mean not that's doing the, that. that's
2: the thing: is hospitals are now mostly you know they're becoming private, as the. March toward privatization of, of all public assets continues. Hospitals are a private operation now, so they build out things that you know a publicly owned hospital would never do. You know, people think of a publicly owned hospital as like you know in a downtown area type thing, and there's just stuff around it. But around here, you put in a hospital, there's not really much around it. Smart to build up all those other assets to, because you know doctors, as we all know, are increasingly employees of a, of a broader system working for the hospital part-time and that type of stuff so you know it all kind of makes sense
0: uh, this Wall Street Journal article it says that it, um, it originally appeared on April 30th as uh, WeWork joins to rush into IPOs and they did a little rewrite Elliot Brown, Maureen Farrell were the ones at the Wall Street Journal that wrote it. There's no comments on it. You know, since Murdoch has destroyed the Wall Street Journal now and re- killed off most of the comments, now the comments in the Wall Street Journal were years ago when I first started getting digital. I've had a Wall Street Journal subscription going back into the 80s. And even when I was in high school, well, I'm not high school, but I was in college I got my first Wall Street Journal subscription because everybody got one back in the day because it was cool to walk around <laughs> Wall Street Journal under your arm. Was, you was know, plain, a plain businessman. But what happened was, when it went digital, some of the comments were, were better than the article. They were just really good comments. And as time has gone on, they got just like it, it was just it was a mosh pit. Of, it was just a right. lot of times a disaster. So what it says here, Wall Street Journal opens select articles to reader conversation, to promote thoughtful dialogue, see the joint conversation area to the right, for stories open to conversation, for more information, please reference our community guidelines, feedback and emails, questions, blah blah blah. But the moderator was so. What happened is, I read, a, and I don't have, a, I'm not an expert on this, but the people that write the articles now are expected to be moderators of their own comments to get the crazy stuff out of it. And if you don't want to have comments, you, they can, they have the ability to say, nope, I don't want any comments on this thing. So if you look at the Wall Street Journal, some of the best conversations they're gone. This is one of those articles that should have a ton of conversations because you actually get people who know things, that say things, you go, oh, I didn't know that.
2: Don't yeah. get that anymore. Well, Whitewash. Well, the reality is newspapers all newspapers and big media companies have all realized that they don't want competing voices out there. They are the, the, the narrative of record, and that's just the way it's going to be. The heyday of, hey, the Internet, this cool thing where we can have a dialogue and there can be divergent opinions is no longer a thing because people can't take criticism. That
0: is really sad if you think about. It. It is what it is. Let's see if I got a couple other things I want to pull up. If I can do it really quick, maybe not. Are they locking up back there? Yes. So it's nine o'clock and they're locking up, huh? Yes. Okay, I guess we'll wrap it up and call it at that. We can stay out here for the Just while. Still people in there? Who cares? The um... anyways. What else we got today? Oh, Facebook got a new look. Zuckerberg declares new era. Now oh, what? How so? I don't know, I, I was, they redesigned their website, mobile app. is geared now towards steering users to participate more in groups, in group conversations. They're trying to uh, eliminate uh, criticism and influence that are getting you more into your echo chambers. So, Why I would word, they
2: do that? That is literally the reason that people stopped using Facebook, because all they can hear is the same people that agree with them. Yep. Like the whole point of the internet was you could have, you know, unfiltered, divergent opinion. You could have conversations. And the best part about it is it's technology. It's like being in the public square. If you don't like what's being said, you'll leave. Yep. Turn it off. And instead, you have, you know, monopolistic media properties that now are regulating What they think you should see based on what you've said in the past and now you can't see any divergent opinion it's just you know it's part of the reason that you know you have this just chaotic political culture now where you know every everybody on the left sees only commentary from their people mainly due to self-selection and things outside of the internet but then when they go onto the internet everything they see is their own and the same thing on the other side
0: Well, it it gets you, you get your heels deeper and deeper and deeper, and you can't have a rational discussion. You literally cannot have a rational discussion on politics with anybody. And I think what. And nobody wants to talk about it out there. And I think what then you have happen
2: is you have a situation where you're only hearing your own stuff, so then when somebody becomes more ravenous of the other side, they all get riled up and get excited because it's something a little bit different, but it's still the same flavor of crap you're eating. So it's just. I don't know, I find that uh, a challenging development to say the least. I figured they would have learned. But then again, nobody trusts Zuckerberg anymore. If you do, then God help you. God help your soul.
0: I well I think it I think there's a high probability that he realizes this this would be my bet on, on Facebook. I think I think Facebook has given up on younger People coming in, and they're going to milk the baby boomer generation because I, I really do believe that the overwhelming majority of the people that are on the thing are yeah. boomers, and and they've they've got them. And yeah, but I mean it's also Gen X and millennials that use it
2: heavily. It's just a, it's just a newer generation that's not using it yet. We'll see. I, I don't. It's not looking good, but I don't know. I mean, one thing Facebook can't seem to do is just keep their mouths shut for a while. They keep shoving foot and mouth or getting themselves caught in another perpetual security or privacy news story. Instead of just shutting, shutting up and just letting it happen for a while anyways. Stop becoming the story.
0: I was looking up an uh, article and I was doing some research on men's clothing and I was where did John Malloy go who wrote the book Dress for Success back in 1970 I think 2-ish something like that 74 and I have a friend uh, David Ambrico in Texas that's what he has always done you know, he dresses he had a football player online on LinkedIn that he was standing next to I think it was somebody maybe a movie actor I don't know who it was that he dressed as him and I had a guy that in New York and I follow and anyways I was looking at all these different things and one of the things that somebody said that a lot of people in business tried to emulate Mark Zuckerberg and they related and I got a kick out of it because we've talked about this how um, Elizabeth Holmes tried to channel and emulate Steve Jobs with her you know her fake voice and mock turtleneck and dark 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 clothing anyways but the comment was uh, you're not Mark Zuckerberg and always remember that Sheryl Sandberg always looks professional and she's like trying to keep control of the really boys of the roost and that kind of thing and they went through it was all about clothing you know you don't his hoodie thing but then when he gets dressed up and goes to Congress he just looks so uncomfortable (laughs) and it was as a really is an interesting take on clothing and and growing up and you know that whole thing so well People do not have a, a high regard for their
2: self-image. That's very evident as, as you transit around this oddly shaped sphere. People don't care. And, yeah, I'll just leave it at that.
0: Yeah, well, I, I go to network after work events. I go to these various business meetings and in you know used to go to a lot of different chambers of commerce i just it's just amazing how it's just different california casual uh you know friday friday casual became california casual became wow
2: delivery boy it's in lazy some it's purely delivery boys wear a polo
0: shirt with a logo and, on it and that's a not a negative i'm not saying that there's a no, negative no no, yeah. no it's
2: not no but but i think it's it's
0: an, it's an it's indicative of some things. But you're right. The, the people who are in delivery, they, they, they have a uniform. They look better than some of these salespeople that. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's just pure laziness. Um,
0: you know, a lot
2: of it also, I think, has to do with an, an, a cultural element for sure, because, you know, there used to be a time that you see somebody walking around in a suit, you either wouldn't think twice or you would think, oh, what does he do for work? It was yeah. Like there was like a, it piqued your interest, like oh, what's that about? Now, you you mentioned something recently where you wore a, a blazer or something, and somebody basically made some some shitty comment about how ah, oh, if I knew I had to dress this way ah, oh. it's like so you feel inferior and you lost your self confidence because somebody wore a jacket. Like I don't I don't understand that. That's insanely immature and childish.
0: Yeah, I was at the University of Tampa at a uh, Innovators Meetup. It was a, one of the what, like the second or third one I'd ever gone to, and I was meeting several attorneys. I was meeting Andy. I was I, I had a bunch of business down there, and so I. Uh, I'm sure that's going to come through relatively clear. Oh yeah. Well, he's towing a semi. Semi towing a semi towing a semi towing a semi. (laughs) I think this will be interesting. Anybody listening to this, they'll get a kick out of it. We'll see. Anyways, but I I had a uh, I I got some really nice suits, and I had a um, I had a suit on, and I remember I parked in the uh, parking garage, and I actually recognized one of the University of Tampa police officers because he used to be a Tampa police officer. I remember his name. We'll just say Bill. Truesdale? Yeah. How you doing? Just one thing led to another. What are you doing here? I said, I oh, got a meeting here. I said, can I park here? He goes, Oh yeah, it's public parking. Nobody knows it. And they, it's the greatest spot in the campus, everywhere else, blah, 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 blah. That's oh, great. And I said, there's a Starbucks in here. Oh yeah, it's one of these innovation Starbucks things or whatever they in in whatever. Anyways, they do different things. So I got in there and, and I, you know, it's 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 interesting. Lots of different kinds of people, but the guy who's running it um didn't have i would call leadership skills to control people this was same thing happened in gainesville remember when that guy opened his mouth and just babbled, just you know went off on us and i just i never understood that never went back done kissed my ass if you're if you're going to run a thing and you get you can't control your people or at least make an effort but um yeah this, this kid comes in he's a ut uh student and uh, he's in his sweats, and he's you know he came from the gym, whatever. And he was pitching his idea. He was pitching part of the thing he did. He had people my age, some younger folks. Everybody explains what they're doing, ask some questions, and then it was all basically like a, a a pitch. And he made that hideous comment about oh you know suit and tie. I am so sick and tired of people being intimidated by stupid. I mean, well it's being intimidated by stuff that you. I just control. smiled and just kept on moving, but it just go ahead.
2: Well. What it is, it's just you're intimidated by something in your head about an article of clothing. Like, who cares? Yeah. I, I, if somebody's wearing a $10,000, uh, I don't know, some fancy, I don't know, Versace jacket or some, some weird thing, you I don't care. I got, got my Tom James. I, but but <laughs> I don't care. I mean, like, I, I couldn't care less. It's, gonna it's your st- choice. It's going to stain the same way that it's going to stain if I drop something on, you know, a... a four or five hundred dollar jacket who cares it means nothing to you you if you spent ten thousand dollars of your hard-earned savings on it and that was a big deal to you you probably shouldn't own it we'll just leave it at that um you know there's one thing I, i i explained to somebody probably within three feet of the exact spot we're sitting right now several years ago Someone made a comment about how oh I just could never imagine spending that much money on clothing. I think it was in reference to like Melania. Melania Trump or yeah. something like that. And, you I know, remember that kind of of conversation. Gowns and dresses and things and you know collections of handbags and stuff and shoes and stuff. And I, I whipped out my phone and did a couple calculations. And what I what I explained was it's all about it's all relative. And if you don't understand that and you have a $45,000 a year job and you're buying $1,000 shoes, you need to get your head screwed on straight because you're never going to get ahead. If you do crap like that. Yep. If you look at somebody like a celebrity or the first lady of the United States or something like that, and you go, Oh, I need to have that. If the price tag scares you, then you're not the target audience. Um, what I the way I was able to analogize it was it's everything's relative so I asked if you were to buy like I don't know like a like a, a like a some type of um, like a top for like you know multi-part outfit and if you spent I don't know I think it was a dress I said if if a dress cost $60 from I don't know whatever a, a, a standard retailer for somebody on a I don't know let's say $40,000 a year budget that seems pretty reasonable. You can you can afford many articles of clothing per year. It's not going to break the bank. It'll look well enough, and it'll wear well enough for normal people, and nobody's going to know the difference. Who cares? But I extrapolated at like $40,000 a year, that $60 is equivalent to like $7,000 for somebody that was making whatever, whatever the income numbers were that I Googled and was able to find that, that, Trump was personally bringing in based on whatever 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 the public information is. So I said it was a couple hundred million dollars. So I said there's your equivalence right there. sixty dollars for this person is equivalent for you know 7,000 or whatever for, for another. It doesn't mean anything to them. you know so if you wear if you go buy a pair of shoes and it costs you 20 bucks, most people are going to be that's a cheap pair of shoes and if it wears me 3 months I'll be happy if you're spending like $3500 on a pair of nice I don't know I don't know women women's shoes but or, or a handmade pair of men's like you know dress shoes you know get in England or something that would be a big Fair deal would be a
0: good men's shoes so.
1: yeah
2: I mean that that would be a. I think that, I've got two pair of those that would be a very nice very nice shoe for a normal person yeah and they but, last forever but for <laughs> do. somebody with that kind of scale equivalency that's like buying a $20 pair of shoes yeah that doesn't mean anything to them so oh wow this celebrity has this wardrobe room full of shoes because they care about their parents and they keep crap and they don't wear it that often anyways it's all about equivalency and it's how you have to look at things you can't you can't be a uh, you can't have a, a 25 year single malt scotch appetite on a beer budget you have to buy and procure things that are in your range and work your way up the scale and (coughs) save and make those decisions accordingly because you know I'm sure if you think about it everybody that's listening to this has met somebody who buys things that are way outside their price range and even then they're things that are fads well, what it's about not, those stupid it's not, co- like a, it's not like a pair of boots that's gonna last them 20 years if they resold a couple like times. those
0: mugs it, uh, I all the g- younger girls were buying those stupid mugs uh, and the Ray Dunn mugs right yeah yeah boy boys, somebody pulled a fast one everybody on that well, no, it's just basic
2: that's just genius from the business's perspective because as far as I'm aware they didn't sell for a lot but what they did is because they created a lot of um, you got to have the yeah in limited quantities. There was a scarcity element built into the product and because of that, oh man, you had the people wanted entire sets and they were trading and selling and craziness.
0: Well, we've got an ambulance coming and it's going to the hospital, so you can probably hear that in the background. He'll be shutting off his siren pretty soon as he goes by the hospital. Any moment now he'll kill the siren. Come on, you're supposed to kill it. Uh oh. Well, go figure. He didn't go to the hospital. He's going past the hospital to a call, but he turned his siren off. Way too late. Yeah, he
2: turned it off. I'm sure he'll be getting in trouble for that.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to have it way off. Um, yeah, but that and that's the thing. I mean, you know, that's like McDonald's did that years ago. I don't know if you remember when the kids' meals and they had certain different, different. Um, you know, little kids, boys' toys and girls' toys and, yeah. oh, i got to have this one, oh, got to have that one, and blah, blah, blah. And... But they just created some artificial
2: yeah. scarcity and, boom, you created a collector's thing. But that's the crazy part is, is the company that made them was not the company that really probably made a lot of money. I'm sure they made a lot of money selling a lot of these crazy mugs and things. But they were selling for, you know, normal prices for, you know, kind of odd mugs and cookware it was stuff. the people involved it them. was the second and third hand yeah. sales I'm you know I have to have this specialty plate they made a hundred of and I'm gonna buy it for a thousand dollars it's like you realize they sold that for ten
0: bucks well we know we know of a, a gal who's who's a complete nut job who went out and just bought non-stop mean paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and then oh time to change the decor and just yard oh, sale to yard it. sale oh 50 cent something she paid 50 60 whatever Crazy, wow. absolute crazy. Anybody
2: that operates like that will never get ahead in life, you know. I, but unfortunately, that's more common than not. It's scary.
0: Well, that's one of the things in the book. The book deal that we're putting together, you know. The whole thing about minting millionaire mindsets, minting mature mindsets, maximizing mindful missions, minimizing mindless messes. That whole. All these people spend so much time on investing, and they, you know, it's these do-it-yourselfers. Oh yeah, you know, I've got, I got twenty thousand dollars, and I'm, I spend two or three hours at night working my portfolio and doing. Why, 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 why would you spend that kind of time when if you spend that same time go to Dillard's and get a part-time job, take the extra money and put it in. We had a guy. I, I had a guy when I worked at Midland Hardware in, in uh, Wisconsin. This is when I was in high school. I can't remember Tommy's last name, but it was Tommy. And Tommy used to, you know, he was the older guy, right? And he was probably 40, 45, all his kids. But Tommy used to, of course I knew about it, but Tommy used to teach us about mutual funds. He would teach us about stocks. He worked for like Alice Chalmers, he was an engineer. We always just say, why do you work here? Just kind of curious. And uh, he said this is my retirement money and he went through and I, I, I remember as a kid he talked about you know he puts it in how his wife works what he was doing she was a teacher good money and, and he had a lot of coin but he was saying the investments handle themselves but it's what I put into it that makes different I've told people that for years and years and years well I mean it's, it's just... like spitting in the wind for 90% of the population but go ahead
2: well I mean you can't save what you don't have I mean, that literally sounds like Captain Obvious, but I think a lot of people, you know, need to realize that. You you can't invest and you can't save if you don't make it. And, or if it, you know, if you spend it on other crap, which is most people's problem. And, yeah, I mean, you know, the... There's a million little things that people talk about with, you know, investing and whatever. And it's very important that everybody learns and starts to do it at, you know, at an early age, primarily just so you are comfortable with it and you understand the nomenclature and it doesn't scare you when somebody talks about it. When you actually do have a substantial amount of money and you can make a a decent decision regarding what you're going to do, it also makes you, you know, better positioned to make better deals whether you're an employee get better comp packages make better decisions on what job you're going to take whether you know uh, there's a million things that you know you learn with with investing because you learn how to manage a precious resource you know and the most precious resource everybody has is time but most people don't think of that as having any value which is again another asinine element of life these days is you know you're, you're trading your time for money but people don't understand the value of their time or their money and I've, I've said this for years you know you don't have enough people who know basic investments and basic money stuff but at the same time you all you have to do is view is view earned earned your earned income as, as another form of time because you exchange your time to get to gather it unless it was given to you and then that's why nobody values money that's given to you because you didn't actually exchange any time for it.
0: I absolutely believe without any doubt or hesitation that one of the things that has caused a massive screw up in our country, massive, is the fact that schools and I big broad brush, all elementary, all high schools, they don't teach home economics. There's no, no home economics. I mean, People don't know how to cook. They field. don't know how to clean. They think cleaning is getting a swiffer. Everything is auto, auto, auto mode. And, like, I'll share, we're at a McDonald's, we're at a Starbucks here on State Road 200 in Ocala. And we just want to get out for change of scenery, test this out, get to see what the ambient background is, I'm sure somebody can probably hear the airplane going over from the airport. We didn't get coffee. We, I just didn't. I didn't want a coffee. You didn't want a coffee. Well, just think about this for a minute. If we came here every single week, once a week, to do what well, we'll call it our um, porch conversation, right? This turns out to be a really cool thing. If we spent $10, I'm just throwing that number out, every week, that's $520 a year, wouldn't it be? Ten years, that's five thousand dollars. Twenty years, it'd be ten thousand dollars, right? So, you start adding that up, and you say to yourself, if you literally put that money away, in the time value of money for just not buying coffee, okay? Yeah. So we're using their, we're using their their porch. They don't care. That ten dollars a week over 40 years all oh, 40 years oh I can't even conceive 40 years from now and I, I want to don't want to forget my my favorite little thing Edward C Banfield in Heavenly City it's all about time horizon ten dollars a week for 40 years that's going to be a hell of a lot of money I'm not well, going mean do... the raw numbers is twenty thousand dollars but 20 it's not just twenty thousand dollars
2: because you know as Warren Buffett says one of the Powerful factors in the universe: compound interest. Yep, that's true. And also, you know, take the rule of seven and apply it to something you're adding to a small amount, a little bit every week. I don't know what the number is, I, but it's gonna I'll be, put a, it in the show going,
0: notes. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a, a lot more than, it's gonna be a lot more than uh, twenty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, and and so when you got the average, you have, I think the number was, I'm gonna be off a little bit. But the average person who is like sixty-five to seventy has three hundred and fifty four thousand dollars. But the mean mean is like one thirty-four. Well, that's huge. People don't know averages, is average mean, median, they don't understand that. So if you if you take who's in the middle, you got fifty percent of the people on top, fifty percent on the bottom, that's one thirty four. Now if you add everybody together and divide it by that number, that's three fifty four. What does that tell you? It tells you the people on the top have a hell of a lot more money oh yeah so it up. drags drag it up. Way up so if you really want to know what people have what you would do when you, and I know I've always said this this is something I've always done in life kill off the top 10% kill off the bottom 10% give me the 80% and do your average or mean based upon that that tells you what reality is and average and mean on those gets really really close it's a really consistent thing just you have to always do that uh, you can you could say top one bottom one doesn't work that, that doesn't work just 10 and 10 is always works but the bottom line is I guarantee you ten dollars a week invested earning about a nine percent long-term rate of return just put it set it and forget it you do that you know what you're gonna have a lot more than hundred thirty four thousand dollars yep guarantee it you, you just ten dollars a week and I got people who they they can't say can't see it they can't see it and unfortunately
2: if you look back origins of annuities and Probably well before that, society's always going to be filled with those people. That's why, unfortunately, when you view it this way, it sounds bad and that whatever. But what it comes comes down to is it's not that difficult to climb the ladder if you apply yourself, because so many people are un, completely unwilling to even make the first step.
0: Well, one of the things I I think there's a I think there's a role for everyone in in. I haven't seen him in a long time. He used to be on Fox. I, I don't watch Fox. Gosh, I can't tell you the last time I looked at Fox in any way, shape, or form. I think his name is Larry Burkett. Is not? Is it Larry uh, Winget? Winget. That's what it is. Where he basically, you know, tough love and he's he's in your face, hardcore, and he's not like Andrew Dice Clay he doesn't swear at you and all that kind of stuff. But I think the bottom line is everybody's such a bunch of pussies around here. You, frankly. Every time I see a waiter and waitress, how many times have I given? Business? How you? Let me ask you. This. The times you've been with me, how many waiters and waitresses have I given my business card and said, "You go to the website. You can start this. I will actually work with you." How many people have ever done it? Zero. Zero. Absolutely dead zero. I've probably done it a thousand times. Yeah. Probably a thousand times, and you've been with me in that a thousand times. Nobody does it. I find it so frustrating. People don't realize you can work as a waiter, a waitress, a busboy, and you can retire a multimillionaire. People do it all the time, not often, but you hear about some janitor, you know, and they, oh, yeah. Bobby died and he gave this massive endowment to some school that he was, he couldn't afford to get it. How the heck? I have two aunts who died many years ago, Mildred and uh, Gertrude. They bought ATT stock <laughs> when ATT went public. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's a long time. Man, they had a massive amount of money. The inheritance was huge. Massive inheritance tax. It was back then. They died in, I think, let's see, my grandmother died in 68, I think it was. So Gertrude and Maida died somewhere around, I think, 66, uh, 65.
2: Back in the good old days when you actually had estate taxes.
0: Yeah, they died around 60, 60 let's see, uh, I was born at probably about 60, 66 or 67 they died. And I think each of them was worth about three or four million dollars, which means, my God, the government took half of it. I mean, at least, well, yeah. at least half. I think the state taxes at those numbers back then was like 70%. It's huge. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I remember my mother and dad were like, oh my gosh, can you believe what the government took from these people and blah, blah, blah. And like, well, Did you, you know see, they had that much? No. <laughs>
2: Well, you've said it for years. The easiest person to tax is somebody that can't fight back. So,
0: oh, the state tax is coming back. There's no doubt about it. How? It's phasing out. Oh, it's coming back because if Trump if Trump doesn't win re-election, the Democrats are going to control. Well, uh, they won't re- implement the state. You don't tax. think
2: so? Absolutely not. Their donors would never allow it. The estate tax will never come back. They'll okay. Just, they'll just milk. They'll just milk. There's a reason. It's a. It's a. The estate tax gets phased out over a period of time. I think it's done in 2020 or... Yep, something like that. But... It doesn't affect hardly anybody anymore. But the income tax was a um, short-time only thing. I mean, it expires in like two or three years. So it's it's a joke. I mean, you know... clever way to give everybody a little bit a little taste to get what they wanted to really get done i mean the reality is if you have a couple billionaires with big estate taxes who don't want to pay you know who don't want to shuffle stuff around into trusts and
0: do silly stuff um, you know it becomes well worth it to just lobby for what you want i think there's going to be a rapid acceleration of things that are going to be changing i think uh, the, the blocks are really going to be moving i think I think there's just going to be a lot of things that people are going to get have to get their head wrapped around. You and I have talked a lot. You're an expert on this. I'm not. You're an expert on how um, Google, Alphabet, uh, Facebook, the advertising, how the the ma- the, ma- the matrix and metrics of that both work. Um, Google, Alphabet went down uh, 7.5% today, biggest one-day decline since October 2012. Um, it, had, it was down as much as 8.7%, that's, that's really substantial. It's up this year a total of 15%, this is per, uh, per the Wall Street Journal, s and up 18%. So um, what they say here is that the slide is a result of a shock by analysts and investors with a rare miss of the quarterly uh, sales and profits perhaps more worrisome is the figures that showed the uh, crusting of the company's business units and top executives wouldn't talk about the slowdown uh, deceleration in terms of uh, advertising and people are screaming for more, more transparency just like the uh, apple doesn't disclose uh... iphone sales what do you think is going to go on in the advertising area uh... it's going to get choppy for
2: a while because i think you have a situation where To put it very simply, ad blockers are used everywhere by nearly everybody that knows that there is one to put on their browser or phone. And not only that, you have a situation of of ad blindness
0: happening. Yeah, you said that. I think that's something that's really huge. I think what you're saying, ad blindness, it's like I'm looking at a billboard and I've seen the same billboard It's rotating, it's not electrical, it's not stagnant, it's just one of those ro- old-fashioned rotating ones. But I just sitting here, I'm already blind to the damn thing.
2: Well, but you are from a lifetime of seeing ads everywhere you go. And, you're, you know, your brain just adapts. I mean, human beings didn't evolve because we were superior to the other humanoid creatures. We survived and evolved where we're at today because we're adaptable. And you can pester us all you want with this stuff, and after a little while, we just become blind to it. I mean, it's the reason that people can work in um, a dump or a rendering plant, and after a
0: short period of time, it's like, eh, whatever, I don't smell it anymore, who cares? I actually have experience of that when I was a police officer in Wisconsin. I had a call of a guy that got killed. We had to do a, you know, accidental death at a rendering plant. Oh, my God. It was horrid. I had to burn my uniform. The guys there, you get used to it. How can you get used to this thing? It's like no big deal. Man, yeah. I just, I wanted. I, in fact, I know I gagged and puked. So it's like just terrible, just horrible. And that's being in the vicinity around the rendering plant. Yeah, you know, it's it like, wasn't in the in the yeah. No. This, this was at a. It was it was such a gross thing. The guy basically got squashed and some something that just squashed the animal. I, I, it was just terrible. And the guy's just a freaking pancake and just. Oh my god, it's is so horrid. But yeah, we were not in where the the real. Yeah. <laughs> I remember somebody said that you also see the real stuff go down here. Oh man, I want to go down there.
2: Yeah, you, know, you have. How do you work? Yeah, you, you have. You have some towns. <laughs> some towns they smell sulfur because of just the area. Placka. Uh, when they had to. Uh, um, yeah. You have some towns that they have, a, you know, a, surrounded by feedlots and stuff. Anyways, the point of that is, is that, you know, that's just one sense. But the reality is, you adapt and overcome and. Your brain just tunes it out. And the same thing goes for marketing. So, you know, the reason that people even became aggressive about ad blocking on the Internet was because, oh, the technology enabled them to do more slimy and disgusting things from pop-ups to taking over websites to just doing all kinds of things that are, in my opinion, just asinine. Um... And then, because of ad blocking, they also got more aggressive in turn, and it's been a war, just back and forth between the advertisers and the internet, um, blocker people, you know, of which there are dozens and dozens of different groups and people out there doing stuff. But, in general, you have this, you have, you have this strange series of problems, and then you also have a huge problem of, I heard a great metric, um, the largest expense for any startup is going out to Facebook and Google advertising I think it was like 40 percent of all venture-funded startups their their marketing budgets are going towards just those two platforms
0: what was the well, percentage again like 40
2: percent so I mean you just have billions and billions of dollars every year being pumped into them from their own people in Silicon Valley which is smart but also not sustainable so, anyways, we, we, what you, from my view, anyways, what you have is a situation where the cost per click, cost per view, all that uh, CPC, uh, uh, CPM, they both are way inflated, depending on the target market, um, and they, because of big business, and they've freezed out small businesses.
0: Well, we, so big we've businesses,
2: seen that. yeah. I mean, if you go just, you know, because we know the numbers. If you go and market any generic investment-related term, you know the profits in the industry have enabled, you know, cost per clicks as much as twenty dollars per for basic for basic stuff, and all that means is the diversity of advertising gets completely shut out, and you only have the big guys who can afford, you know, customer acquisition costs in the tens of thousands of dollars per person. It's like you have to sell commissions or have multimillionaire clients to be able to ever make that make make that work. Um, so it freezes out anybody small. So, you know, that's just ridiculous and unsustainable. But, okay, who cares, right? It's their business that people figure it out another way. What happens when those big guys realize that they're not getting the return they used to, too? So now you pissed off the little guy, and now the big guy's getting a little little rough, rustled in the feathers, and he cuts his ad budget down because he's not seeing the same returns. Oh, boy, do Google... Facebook, these other ad platforms, you can just see the domino effect happen, and then the ad rates will go down to compensate, and then some people will come in, and it'll be a, it'll, it'll just, it'll become like the markets. In the end of last year, it'll just start to become extremely volatile. Um, Google's problem, though, in my opinion, long term, is precarious as a growth organization, primarily because they failed in every single attempt to diversify their their income. Most of their revenue, it's like Apple, most of their revenue is from the uh, search ads or just advertising in general. And I think second largest revenue uh, spot is Google uh, Cloud Services or Google GCP. G- Google Cloud Platform, I think, um, which it's good. I mean, I've, I've heard good things about it. But <coughs> so you have those two primary revenue sources. They've they've done they've invested in thousands of miscellaneous ventures and things that have just gone belly up, or they didn't invest enough time or resources into making it profitable. They've also
0: killed some things off that you just like <laughs> what are you doing?
2: Yeah, they they have a bad habit of doing that too. Like RSS feeder and all that? Yeah, Google News and all they just they do all, they make all kinds of stupid decisions. I mean, Google's been a a uh, Google has been uh, strange about that for years. But anyway, so you know, I mean as far as advertising goes, that's that's scary for them because, you know, there's a big question mark as to how you shift that going forward to get the same levels of engagement um, I don't know that you can because I think on a long enough time horizon cost of advertising goes to zero at least for internet advertising because you you just have to get in front of an increasing number of people to make a sale or to peak interest or get a click and as that happens the ad rates are necessarily going to drop especially if you don't have big players propping it up so I don't know I mean it's a strange situation, um, but, you know, at least Apple's able to augment or offset their decreasing iPhone sales with services. At least they're able to have a fairly diverse mosh pit of stuff to sell. Google is still centered around ads, so... And Facebook fundamentally has the same problem, too. That's why you see them all messing around with hardware and doing all kinds of stuff to try and do things. The problem is is Google's customer service is crap. Um, you know, they offer they offer a lot of best-in-class services for businesses, but customers aren't going to pay for that. So I don't know. It's just a
0: strange situation for them going forward. I, I don't know how it'll shake out, but it's worrying. Well, it's like when we, we made a, um, a change on Facebook for our company. We made a fundamental... I couldn't get them to do it. Yeah, I it, actually it, had to kill it off and restart a whole new... I was couldn't get a call. It, couldn't get anything. Couldn't nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, changing a business name on Facebook required basically recreating the page because this seems fraudulent. It's like they required uh, documentation, documentation. Uh, to verify that it's legit and I said you did as well as the link to the state of Florida yep department, department of, corporations. of corporations and everything you know all the official records and everything and even then they're like oh no we don't we don't think that looks right it's like you people are morons but you know how do you operate a company of big scale that, to do technical stuff like that I, I don't know no idea especially when your model is advertising like I don't know. It's just any any business that's centered around one hundred percent advertising, I see as being very profitable, but not being as as much of a growth area as it once was. Because I I can definitely see a fundamental shift in in a attention.
0: Well, let's take let's take what we're doing right here. We're doing a podcast. We've been talking for I don't know how long. It, when we, this thing gets cleaned up, I don't know what it will be. But I, I think right now we're, we're at an hour and, and 17 minutes. So we'll see how it turns out. And um, But there are so many alternative news sources out there. That's not a negative word, phrase anymore. I think alternative news is the mainstream news because it's just the same. It's the sameness. I mean, every – it's like these talking points. You see these politicians. Oh, uh, press the digitator, which – means magician all of a sudden everybody oh we're using yeah yeah press the digitale oh, press the di- nobody says press the digitator no i'm the only one that ever says that they're giving word of the day from yeah corporate word of the day and it's the same thing in all the news abc nbc cbs fox are all the same thing as you said we were talking there this we were walking tsunamis happen in china no Hurricane, i mean what i say yeah right. hurricanes or typhoons yeah hurricanes and typhoons happened in china never reported yeah there's one that
2: smacked i think i don't know some populated area last year got a blip on one like one major news station nobody nobody talked about it. it's like huh years ago I, you'd think that would have been news but
0: yeah uh, that was in relationship to the world's longest bridge that connects what was it uh hong kong yeah
2: i think it's like hong kong island to shenzhen or macau or I don't,
0: I don't remember exactly where it connects. But Shenzhen, I mean, that's, that's you know, was that like probably 30, 40 people? I mean, that's a real small little place, right? They use rice paddies, and yeah. They, make, not, they weave baskets there. It's not, not, not
2: quite. The Shenzhen, Hong Kong, Macau metro area, which is one big blob now, is like 40 million
0: people. 40 million, that's all, huh? Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's the biggest area in China. They, there's nothing anywhere. That's huge, right? I mean, that's, that's big, but it's not, I mean, they have, I think, like
2: over 150 smas that are over a million people
0: oh but that doesn't even compare to the united states i mean we've got places like detroit and and st louis and new york i mean we're just giant compared to those places right now we've got like (laughs) i think 50
2: smas over a million and as far as cities go i think china is like 140 something cities with over a million and in the u.s we have 10 so if somebody's listening
0: and you didn't realize that i'm being facetious facetious, Yeah. yeah
2: we just don't no I mean the thing that is fascinating is it's kind of off topic but the scale of things going on in China is mind-boggling because you know they' they're they're three times our population roughly or three and a half times which doesn't seem like that much but the scale in which they're operating major metro areas is wild um, and as far as I can tell they're doing it pretty efficiently and of course, everybody knows here, you know, you get into a major city and it's 24 7 road construction because we can't build anything that lasts more than a few years. You got, you know, the joke for years has been you travel anywhere around the Tampa metro area and any of the interstates is perpetually under construction for 40 years.
0: Yeah, it's like Chicago. Chicago's always under construction. Oh, yeah. And the Edens Expressway was always yeah. never,
2: never ending. Of course, New Yorkers know this intimately, you know. Of course, in Tampa, it's a complete joke. You know, the I-4 on-ramp and off-ramp from uh, uh, 75 is still one lane,
0: even though it's one of the most traveled did intersections. You, did you see the video of the guy that hit the wall and fell off the thing? Yes. In <laughs> motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. I've said that for years, man. That, man, you got to pay attention. I don't know what he was doing. All of a sudden, moop lost control, bang, off. Yeah, hit the side, flew over. Gone. His buddy walked over. was like, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> too bad so sad but i mentioned the china thing is and, and, and not to be off topic but in the bridge is we we need to start looking at what other people are doing not to emulate not to drink the kool-aid just to figure out what's going on jimmy diamond went over there recently and it was jamie, like uh,
2: jamie diamond
0: what did i see jimmy again yeah jamie diamond went over there and when he's I don't know what he, he made a comment I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what China's doing, yada, 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 whatever it was.
2: Well, he's worried about, he doesn't, he's, the biggest thing he's worried about is financial services, of course. Which is all going to the phone. And he basically, as far as I can tell, he didn't know that every, most, you know, upper, lower class people in China and above that have a phone are doing life insurance, motorcycle insurance, car insurance, uh, investing in securities, um, banking, all that stuff on their phones with ease. Meanwhile, in the US you have literally 30% of the population that can't manage to get a bank account opened up. So, and and, and we don't have, you know, technology is new to our people. You know, we just built railroads in the past 80 years as an excuse. We invented them. I mean, not railroads, but the technology. You would think every person in this country would have banking and insurance and investments on their phone and be able to hack it, but you don't. No, that's what I'm saying. There's, Which to him, I'm sure, is scary, because it's like, if we can't get our people to do this and they're already like light year ahead of us, how the heck are, we, are they not just gonna come in and eat our lunch? And unfortunately, I think that's, that's a concern.
0: We'll get out of here I think wrap it up. One of the things I always say to people is that what we do this is just a sample of what we do every day, isn't it? I mean absolutely yeah this is what we do these we spend probably a good hour and a half two hours every day in deep deep forecasting and we keep our moleskin journals and we because there's the quantitative analysis and that used to be a big deal you know oh you're a mathematician. Today, it's not a big deal. Well,
2: data used to be used to have a thing called data scarcity, and it would struggle to find figures and details and information on stuff. And the fact you know, scarcity of data is now a rarity. Now you have to, an abundance of data, and you have to be able to make sense of it. And, you know, actually qualify whether the data actually means anything.
0: And so, as a result, we call this podcast. Connecting dots because it really synthesizes all the stuff that we do we find the dots and connect them Correlation is not necessary causation, but if anybody is listening to this and you heard all of the uh, loud mufflers well, that's Marion County, Florida It's, yep. it's bubble USA The you know you people literally have nice vehicles and they just trash them with uh, the mufflers and you know yeah they not to, being mean about it. it is what it is oh, it's just a cultural thing it's a cultural thing and uh it's what time is it now it's 9:49. still a busy roadway but we're starting to see it's calming down and uh what's really unbelievable right now to me i cannot believe this normally when we're here there's at least three or four ambulances that went to the uh that would go to uh, west marion hospital i haven't seen one pull in there hot yet the guy went by but he didn't uh, pull in so for some reason we don't have a bunch of people having heart attacks tonight i don't know why that is is it the weather it's a cool night people chilled out maybe it's the morning when everybody wakes up they all have their heart attacks but that's what we do, and it, the, the value is, and you see this every day when you work with people who cannot think, they can't connect the dots, they don't know what to do. It just, it, it's yeah. I mean, if you're, you the dumbing down is just you, unbelievable sometimes.
2: If you can't drop all your devices and have a conversation with somebody and be and not be bored, you you need to socialize more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had the iPad open. I was had the Wall Street Journal article up, and I just had the other article about uh, Alphabet, but that was just to, for reference points because I wanted to quote it. This is just a, a spitball, free-flow conversation.
2: Yeah, you did say, you know, correlation is not necessarily causation, but at the very least it makes for an interesting conversation.
0: Fair enough. Okay, we're out of here. We'll run the disclaimer. I think we did that. Our ending. We're out of here.
1: This has been Episode 39 of Connecting Dots. Thank you for listening. Please visit our sponsor, Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed-cost investing, at... FixedCostInvesting.com. That's fixedcostinvesting.com.
3: We got love that we'll never need to hide. Love will always rise above. Whatever comes, we will be just fine. If I am yours and you are mine, take my hand and let's fly away to another galaxy. Hold me close, I want to feel your love, together we are free, just be with me, just be with me, just be me. Fly away to another galaxy Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me, be with me.
1: All rights reserved Reproduction prohibited without written authorization.